You're listening to Black Humboldt's new podcast, Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. What up? This Queen D rocking this body from East Coast to Humboldt. Woo! Hey, this is Dwar, healing souls on the streets. K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo. Mom artist extraordinaire. Baby, baby. I am an invisible man. No, I am not a spook like those who haunted Edgar Allan Poe, nor am I one of your Hollywood movie ectoplasms. I am a man of substance, of flesh and bone, fiber and liquids, and I might even be said to possess a mind. I am invisible, understand, simply because people refuse to see me, like the bodiless heads you see sometimes in circus sideshows. It is as though I have been surrounded by mirrors of hard, distorting glass. When they approach me, they see only my surroundings themselves or figments of their imagination. Indeed, everything and anything except me. Ralph Ellison. This week, we're featuring Brent Green and how he exists in Humboldt County. Welcome to Black Aesthetic. This week, we have Brent Green, host of Green Scene TV, Cannabis News, giving you the lowdown on the cannabis industry from the Black perspective. What's up, Brent? What up, Brent? What's up, y'all? How y'all doing out there? What's going on in the place? Chilling. I love your setup and your background. Oh, thank you so it's much. Smoky around here, the good kind. Just how we start everything. Just like tell us about your artist journey and just about you as a cr- producer, creator, creative, you know. Uh, well, so my, my creative journey started in my 20s, uh, early, tw- or actually, it's been a lifetime journey, excuse me. However, it all began to coalesce in my 20s, uh, when I was in waking life. Uh, you can check that out. That was about almost 20, that was like 19 years ago that that movie came out as a, a predecessor to uh, Scanner Darkly, just a side note there. Uh, but that's where it started for me. That's where uh, the public was introduced to me. Uh, at that time, I had, I, w- I had cancer at the time and I was on the run. So I had to really, really you know, it took a long time before I came back to the camera. And when I came back, I guess it would be 10 years later, maybe around that time. And uh, I started doing, I started with VidSF uh, in, in, in San Francisco. And so from there, that's how I got the green scene. That's how I learned how to uh, get geeky, more geeky with it, you know, with my style. Uh, from that point, uh, I <clears throat> I had a team and everything. My first year was lovely. Uh, was, I mean, it was more than a, a beginner YouTuber could expect. Uh, but looking back on it, well, here, let me stick to the question, though. Actually, <laughs> so the journey, y'all, like I started at 35, essentially. Uh, I turned 45 here in a week. And yeah, man. It's been lovely. It's uh, made me a better man. It's definitely made me more introspective. It's made me look at myself in the world much differently. 
uh, being that I have no kids or anything and I'm not going to have kids, then, you know, this is my this is my legacy to y'all, all of you. So all right. did you say where you're from? I'm from Texas. So I'm a real deal Texan, uh, but I grew up in so Southern California. Uh, and I moved back to Texas, uh, but I spent a significant time uh, of my life in the Bay Area, all over the Bay, uh, both sides of the Bay. 13 years I spent there. That's where the green scene was born. That's where I learned how to do all this. That's where I, like I said, that's where I was inspired to get geeky with it. You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? Right? I'm like, yes, I feel you. Why <laughs> not be up in here feeling it up? All that black goodness, yes. You know, we got we got into a little bit of your past, but I think uh, it's probably important to let folks know what you're doing now. You know, I touched on it in the intro, but, you know, I, I certainly didn't do your show justice. So let's talk about like your your current projects and uh, where you hope to take that. Hey, man, thanks a lot, y'all, for giving me the opportunity to uh, to say my piece and. Uh... Uh, you know, stand on y'all's platform. Uh, but uh, currently I'm working on Cannabis News, uh, Prime Live. Uh, you can catch me over on Facebook. Uh, that That's where I can give y'all a, a proper broadcast. I can't do that on Instagram, okay? Uh, but to stick to the question, Cannabis News uh, brought to you by the Green Scene TV. Uh, I've been doing cannabis content for 10 years, y'all. Uh, that means I've been making cannabis content since before cannabis was legal or cannabis content was cool. So uh, if that gives you uh, any insight without tooting my horn. I was interested in the part when you said that you didn't really learn about cannabis culture until you were in the Bay. So did you did you know anything about cannabis culture in Texas? That's a good question. So I'm glad you said that. So let's let's get it real clear, y'all. My cannabis history goes back to the womb. Um, bah, bah, so bah, bah. Me too, bro. It goes back to the womb. It's significant in my life in various ways. Of course, you know, I just said I had cancer. So cannabis uh, played a big part uh, in my can or me having cancer. Also, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I would not have gotten in touch with who I am or what, you know, secular culture calls class. Uh, I wouldn't have had that if it were not for cannabis. All of the things that you see, all the things that you've seen, uh, uh, my content, cannabis afforded me that, okay? Uh, it's saved my life many days. Uh, uh, so, and prior to that, I, you know, I came up, uh, when I left my mama's house, I was sleeping on the ground, eating out the trash can. Shout out to all my homies out there listening to this, man. Shout out to all y'all who came up like that and also made a better way for yourself. Shout out to all y'all. Yeah, and I think it's super important to tell those success stories of Black folk with cannabis, regardless of when legalization came into the play with cannabis, because we never hear those stories, right? We always hear about brothers sitting in jail over dime bags or, you know, whole counties growing weed illegally for how long with no consequences for white bodies, but Black bodies forget about it. Yeah, I'm glad you touched upon that because I feel I felt really fortunate. And when I actually made it to some kind of, you know, when I made when I got something out of it significantly, I felt guilty because I seen all the brothers. But at the same time, I was so obsessed with uh, keeping up with the white voice and keeping the laws off my ass that, you know, I had to do what I had to do. But 
Yeah, man, I feel you. Um, and that's why that's why I that's why I I I decided to take this line because and even more so now after the change of the year, at the first of the year, you know, uh, if the those of you out there who've been tuning in uh, since I've been here or before I got here to Humboldt, uh, you know that I turned a sharp, sharp turn of the corner at the beginning of the year with Cannabis News Number One. And it's because, uh, again, you know, I would be extremely remiss if I were to not speak up and uh, for the for those who cannot speak up no 100% i think that kind of leads into another question but bef- before we move on to the next question though for the folks that are listening that are unfamiliar with green scene tv that's more of like a network and cannabis news is like a show on that network exactly correct? yeah thanks for thanks for clarifying yeah so let me break that down so yeah, basically, uh, the Green Scene TV, as you said, is a, a network slash or a media company. That's the Green Scene Media LLC. Uh, so the Green Scene makes uh, can- cannabis content. I make commercials. Uh, you can see those via Wax uh, and Kelly Gas Pack. I'm the dude who uh, made the voiceover for the gas. You know what I'm saying for Kelly Gas Pack. Uh, that that's all courtesy of the Green Scene Media. Uh, and also I have, I have some, I have a secret show out there, uh, which it doesn't seem like it's a can, it's a cannabis content, but that's because it's, uh, it, it's, it's only in a short form, but that's called, um, uh, her curvy subtext. So you can find it on Instagram. It's a her curvy subtext. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it it's a short form version of a game show, but we'll, we'll get to, I have, there's so many layers y'all. There's so many layers. So. So I like I like that you mentioned uh, some of the projects that you're working on and uh, commercially. Do you feel like black artists in Humboldt County are commissioned and or paid enough in Humboldt County for opportunities similar to the walks and different things? Uh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, Look, that's not to say that I haven't been shown love. Uh, considering I am a, uh, for all intents and purposes, an unknown artist here. So I have been shown love, but in comparison to my white counterparts, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, you want to dive into that deeper or, I mean, like in terms of opportunities, compensation, all of the above. So this is no knock i want to before i get into any of this this is no knock on the companies i've worked with okay uh creatively there's no knock on any of them all right because i'm finna explain to you i understand the hierarchy of things now what i do uh as y'all know is based on numbers uh in order to present yourself to these marketing departments uh at these companies correct uh, we all know that there are sayings out there that uh, it's all about numbers and numbers don't lie. Uh, and in about the year 2013, we started seeing holes in that motto of numbers don't lie in terms of the internet uh, in regards to robots, right? Uh, now, I've always stayed committed to uh, an organic following and in all or an organic uh, numbers. So 
that means that I would prefer to have 10 engaged viewers as opposed to whatever, you know, robots. I, I know you're like, y'all are like, why is he talking about robots? Well, this is in regards to going and talking to these people and to their uh, marketing departments and them sizing me up uh, as a persona, a cannabis persona, as opposed to my actual title. Now, I don't, I don't get into titles and all these things, but I had, I had to, I had to present myself correctly. I had to present myself correct. So, in order to do that, uh, that you know, uh, I had to use a status quo based title, which is, uh, I'm a journalist. I've earned that fair and square. Now, when I look at my competition in quotes out here, uh, which I don't see, uh, because everyone has their own lane and their own place. Now, when we break down the numbers, uh, when the compensation <clears throat> is based on uh, your numbers and your viewership, uh, my perceived competition uh, are folks that I see getting the most out of it. They have the highest numbers. Uh, now, I have been told in conversation that my production quality is the, the best out here. That's courtesy of This Week in Blackness. Shout out to them. Um, they, I, I've been told that my production quality is the best out here. However, I cannot nowhere near extrapolate the same amount of cash as, uh, frankly said, these white boys. What I'm hearing is uh, with the robots, you're saying that some of these other, some of these white influencers or whatever, you know, some of these white people that occupy, occupy some of the same spaces as you are using robots to inflate their numbers. I'm not implying anything. I know, I do know this, that if we go through uh, anyone's profile who has big numbers, we're going to find a big number, a big amount of robots. That's just how the game goes. That's just what we found from, we're seeing in everything. And also too, I'm going to say this, like, you know, it, the, this thing weighed heavy on me for many years mentally, like, oh, what am I doing wrong? What's it about me? Am I whack? You know what I'm saying? I literally, this is one of the things that drove me to rehab, right? Because I know, like, I, like when you know you dope, but it's like you're not, for whatever reason, you can't maneuver in the gang, right? Like, uh, for instance, because I have, I, I make cannabis content, I can't boost my content on Facebook or uh, what, whatever it is that you do on Instagram because there's a leaf and all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm cut off from that. Beyond that, we found too that the, we already know off top the algorithm that the, the white boys built is fucking racist. So it's not me. You know what I'm saying? It's not my content. You dig? If you look back through my content over the 10 years, man, you, I've always brought y'all fly shit. The same shit that they uh, now bite, which is cannabis reviews and uh, uh, the taste tests. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like we can't innovate. You know, like no one wanted to give you that crown for creating how the like cannabis content flows and now that you see it happening everywhere. You know, honestly, y'all, like, I mean, 
And I feel, I feel you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you uh, commended me on that. And I, I appreciate that. Thank I mean, again, you know, thank, thanks for, for all the vibes that y'all done, uh, gave me this year, uh, since I've been here in Humble. Uh, you know, in terms of the innovation and everything, like it, when you are an, <clears throat> when you are really an innovator and you are, uh, really about this and you know that your trajectory is this, uh, I'm not, I, I'm definitely not deterred, um, because every single thing that we've been talking about uh, on the internet since I got, since I decided to start speaking out or had to, was able to do it without the laws on my ass on the internet, uh, you know, everything we've been talking about has come to light, true or false. Uh, so I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. And the same thing, when, when I made Cannabis News three years ago, I, I had this, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, should I trademark Cannabis News, the name? No, because the name Cannabis News is generic. It's a generic term. You feel me? And, and, and there's room for everybody here in their iteration. They're just not going to forget, their, you know, that, you know, not to toot my horn, but Green Man's the one who can't, got here first. Am I being too hype on myself, y'all? No, nah, you're great. I mean, we usually ask people, like, um, have they been able to find space as an artist or speaking on opportunities? And, you know, one of the first times I met you and even to, you know, some of the conversations we had more recently, it's like you kind of came here with your own space. I, I feel like you didn't necessarily look for opportunities in humble county like a lot of us did i think you like you had something going and you just you just dove into that and like i mean speak on that a little bit you know yeah man uh thanks for <laughs> yeah uh i feel i feel extremely extremely extreme i cannot say this enough i feel extremely fortunate that i came here on my own hype oh my god y'all <laughs> I cannot say that enough because, man, if you black and you trying to make it up in here, heads up, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Uh, and you gotta I, be I, hyped on yourself because if you ain't hyped on yourself, how the hell is someone else gonna get hyped to you? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I, I, it's, it's a balance with me about remaining humbled. Excuse me, <laughs> humbled. <laughs> Shout out to Humble, uh, Black Humble, that is. Uh, so, anyways. Hey. Yo. <laughs> Yo, I can't let you laugh by yourself, bro. I'm dying over here. I just muted my shit. Oh, God. Y'all got me a little on here. Actually, I mean, I'm feeling, I'm really juiced up these days just because, you know, like, things are going really well for you, boy. Like, I have had to put my life back together piece by piece, but that's a whole nother story. So what was the last subject we was on? We was talking about how you just, you came up here with your own hype. Yeah, so the mecca of cannabis, straight up, man. You can't say, uh, and, and to all you folks out there listening, man, uh, you cannot say that you are a cannabis anything unless you have done your thing in the mecca of cannabis. I swear to God, this is a special experience, okay? Uh, and 
I'm not saying dip in here to do a story or whatever. I'm talking about really experiencing live the, uh, the, the, these folks experience here. That's one of them, that's been a real blessing to me. Now, as far as having my own thing in the isolation, oh shit, let's get to the isolation here. Now the isolation, uh, so the isolation to me has been a real gift. It's exactly what I needed after years and years of chasing stories, chasing this and that and on and on, which caused me to burn out. Uh, and the isolation caused, uh, made the way for me to be able to focus on uh, bringing back the green scene, breathing some real air uh, into the green scene, reinventing the green or, you know, uh, yeah, the green uh, aspects of the green scene. And, and that was cannabis news or, and actually honing in cannabis news even more. Yeah, I actually, it is very important for y'all to have your own hype, man. It is extremely important for you to have your own hype at all costs, at all costs. I don't care if you're wearing uh, different colored J's. If that's your hype, man, do it, player. Because, uh, you know, I, I sense, I've sensed over the years that all these kids, man, they hungry. Y'all hungry for new. And the new is you. You feel me? Man, say that again. Say that, say that, bring that back. Say that again. The new is who? The new is all y'all. I say, I say that with complete reverence and, and full respect to what y'all doing out there. I'm talking, I ain't just talking about black home talking. I'm talking about all y'all youths out there doing your thing, particularly y'all black youths. Y'all really been getting busy these last six years. And I, and I'm proud of y'all. That shit made me want to be better at what I'm doing. So when you speak about isolation, are you just are you are you talking about just living in Humboldt or are you talking about the COVID quarantine stuff? Because, <clears throat> well, you know, as we know here in Humboldt, to be a black person, it is extremely isolating and uh, it has been isolating for me as well. But it's a gift. I consider it a gift to me because. I was burnt out and I needed this isolation uh, in terms of when the uh, COVID came. Uh, I was already I was already in my own personal isolation. Um, and that's it, it was it was comfortable for me to all this is uh, this is this is my this is my medium. Right. That's why I couldn't make it to any of you, you all's meetings last year uh, is because this, this is where I operate. I operate like this. I can't, it's hard for me to uh, interact with people uh, in person. Uh, and I, I know that there's people out there who can attest to that, uh, to my weirdness. So would you say that, uh, you know, having like shelter in place, would you say, what kind of impact do you think that's had on your creativity? Whether that's just like, you know, there's not as much news to report on or, you know, just has there been any kind of impact as a result of COVID-19 and shelter in place orders? Yes, sir. A absolutely. Uh, we'll just I'm just going to go ahead and tell you all that the pandemic is the best thing to happen to me in a very long time. Uh, no, that's no, that's no bullshit there. That's in, in all love. Um, all of the things that have gone on uh, during the pandemic have been a blessing to me. Uh, 
right down to the world slowing down, the distance. Uh, I appreciate the distance. People had need to needed to certain people, white people in particular, needed to be checked by something other than us in regards to our personal space. All of us being thrusted back to the earth. Um, and the pandemic also too showed me that uh, what I bring to the table, uh, what it is that, that I do, when, when people grow up, when stoners grow up and they get past uh, making Cheeto pipes, I'm here for y'all. <laughs> Yo, please explain to people that may not know what a Cheeto pipe is. Uh, uh, to put it frankly, is when you make up when you smoke weed through a Cheeto. <laughs> that's common, right? Like everyone's done something. I've had an apple before, like a carrot. I tried a carrot. It didn't really work out. Apples, cans, pears. I mean, I got a I got a pack of raw two hundred king size, man. That's like that's it. Okay. Um. So, I mean, we've been talking about just being black and cannabis. And so, um, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about how, like, activism plays a part in your artwork and in, in your media company? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, to put it frankly and concisely, uh, being that I'm black and I know... I've seen the evolution of modern cannabis from the growth spaces to where, where we are now with, you know, legalization and black folks getting locked out. It's the same thing that I've seen growing up. I was uh, lucky or blessed enough to be uh, there, but I was one of the only ones, maybe two of us. Uh, so I would be, again, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't uh, engage and speak for you all. Cause there was a time when I was the only brother man or the only person, one of the only people who was at this intersection of blackness and cannabis. I was lost even on the, I, I, I have a history with the activist scene. I was a creative director for the Alan Bluford, excuse me, Alan Bluford Center for Justice. Uh, and, and during that time, uh, people weren't, I was just too early. So other other black folks you come across in the cannabis space, are they gen like are is anybody you know running their own show as far as a business, or do you mostly see people that are employed or in some way, shape, or form to like a white owned company? Uh exactly. I'm seeing more people employed, just people, you know, it's a little bit of brothers or black folks you know employed uh but mostly employed by white folks or backed by white folks uh by the way so y'all just so y'all know the green scene is 100 percent black owned okay 100 percent black owned i think it's important to really touch on that and on that and emphasize the fact that you are a hundred percent black owned um Yes. Because we've seen, we seen this bullshit with these equity grants, D. <laughs> I ran, um, I just like ran back to the mic like, yes, please, let's talk about being 100% Black owned because that requires so much more grit and resilience and due diligence and 
you were you barking up the same train that it required um even from the times when like i love talking about black wall street like that wasn't easy it looks good in history on tv but that was not easy and you know as much as you know we can partner and ally with um, white folks, Caucasians, Anglo-Saxons, Europeans, it just gets, gets a little bit more easier. And maybe easier is not the word, more seamless because you have a voice that can replace the face. Um, and in anything, like I've had a white person put in my housing application. So there's the same thing that applies to businesses. You can have, have a white face speak and do for you. It just becomes a little bit more seamless. Well, I've had to learn some harsh life lessons uh, in regards to having, uh, letting folks have too much of a say about what goes on here at the green scene or being backed monetarily by um, let's just say unorganic things, uh, interactions, unorganic interactions. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm an outlier in cannabis. We already went over that. And at this point, I'm, I'm at peace with that. And so, <laughs> you know, I just, I just stick to the script. I don't have a choice. I've been backed by other monies and that, that offer that, that leaves a space for others to pull the rug from under you or try to tell your story or take control of your story. Tell you to not be complaining and stuff. I've been there That's miserable. I've had sponsors that are, that are racist offer the money. You feel me? So I mean, what are what are your thoughts on like the equity grants in Humboldt County for starting cannabis businesses? And uh, the language is vague, uh, so vague that if uh, I, theoretically, if I were a uh, let let me let me imagine this with me, friends. Let's say I'm a sheriff, ex-sheriff. I've been a sheriff for 30 years here in Humboldt County. That means I came up uh, raiding people in camp, right? Uh, now that Prop 64 has made cannabis legal, uh, and, and this is, um, remember, I'm saying this in uh, conversely here, that, uh, that all that has opened the door for me, an ex-sheriff who used to uh, be anti-cannabis, has opened the door for me to be able to um, uh, get an equity grant. When you listen, so here, the other, let's, let's talk a little bit about the language. The language also leaves the door open, specifically here in Humboldt, when they say uh, those who uh, were uh, directly affected by the war on drugs. Uh, we already know that Humboldt County has a long history of helicopter raids. What I'm trying to say more, more um, bluntly here is that uh, logically, when we say those affected by the war on drugs, we think black people are POCs, right? Uh, but 
due to the fact that up in this area, most of the people who were affected by the war on drugs are white, right? Uh, so yeah, that, that grant, that language leaves that grant open to white folks, mostly white folks, yet again. So white folks are basically the main recipients of equity grants in Humboldt County. I'm gonna say that it sets up a situation for that to take place. We were talking about this because it's like the likelihood of a black person being ready to like apply for a grant to go legal in a, in the cannabis. And so they're like, we got to get this grant handed out. So we'll just like take away that lens and, and make some back doors for like the people that are already, do, you know, that are already doing stuff. Oh, you're talking about the green gentrification where, uh, where I, I'm like a, I'm in the front and then everybody behind me is, is white just so we can get equity grants. <laughs> but yeah. like, yeah, I've just given up my, my motherfucking equity pretty much by doing that. And I mean, I think, I guess what I was like kind of pointing at towards is like, um, in Humble County specifically, there are very few black owned cannabis businesses and for me personally, I was turned off to the whole industry because I didn't feel welcome in it when it was illicit. So there's like that, there's that whole piece of like not even being able to participate in the illicit market and then being excluded from the legal market as well. Exactly. In Humboldt County, not- yeah, the likelihood of like, established folks who went through that, that rough time, right? It's like, what black person, I mean, there are obviously, but w where are they on the other side? Like when, when the game started and they came up here to grow and like, you know, start cannabis and it was uh, illegal, how long did they last? Where, like, was it likely that they last? Was it likely that they were gonna risk it all to keep doing it to the, to the point that they're gonna make it to the other side where we're, we're finally legal? And it's like, who's left? You know, whether it be police or whatever happened. Well, um, from from to answer your question, Mo, uh, from my curse from the cursory research that I've done here and the things that I've heard on the street from elders. Uh, first of all, I have heard stories of uh, black families posting up in uh, these outer areas uh, in the hills and getting ran off, having their houses burned down, things like that. I've also heard stories of, uh, uh, this is from third party info from farmers that uh, for whatever reason, I guess uh, these, some of these white boys got burned up here uh, by some, some brothers and they all don't, they don't wanna do business with us. Yeah, for sure. So speaking yeah. creatively, what, um, what what can you tell our listeners a little bit about your creative work like what do you what do you do with the green scene all right so with the green scene um pretty much um uh, like i said before i make you know i make videos and do uh voiceovers and things like that so pretty much uh i i so the green scene started with the green scene proper started with me doing interviews and stuff. That's what I, that's what we were doing. That's what I was doing on YouTube and stuff like that. 
Uh, along the way, I, I, I started writing other shows, things I wanted to bring to life. Uh, also, uh, I'm sure y'all can pick up y'all can pick up on my conversation. There was a a frustrating time in the game for me, uh, and I didn't necessarily want to lean in. I just wanted to go make another show, so I started making other shows, uh, trying to figure out other stuff. So yeah, that's you know. So pretty much currently, I'm doing cannabis news. Sometimes I do the green scene proper, uh, but that's you know, I just, for the green scene proper, it's mostly like, like for on the 10th of uh, October, I'm going to be doing a, I'm going to be commemorating my 10 years in the game. Uh, also, it's on my birthday. So I'm just stacking up all my 10s to make a Google Plex for that. Um, so creatively speaking, uh, I'm always inspired. Uh, I constantly, I'm here in my studio at all times. Uh, for the most part, um, and being hella silly really helps me uh, <laughs> in general. I want to make a comment about uh, Juneteenth uh, and also y'all's presence, uh, Black Humble, the importance of Black Humble's presence here in Humble. Uh, even though I, you heard me say the isolation has been a gift to me, but when uh, we already know it's unnatural, we, we know that it's unnatural to be isolated. So when I, I needed to uh, be unisolated, uh, the little bit of contact with the black folks around here, uh, it, it really helped. Uh, and Juneteenth, man, y'all, it was is everything, everything. That's how I knew that I was gonna close out on a high note up in here. That's beautiful. That's how I be feeling. I be so hype after we even we'll have the mixer and it's like four of us and we're not really talking about much. It's like, I still leave those spaces like so rejuvenated, like so high on my blackness, like so ready to just be like authentic to myself and my blackness. And it's like, it's so good to hear other people say that exact same thing. Cause we do it for all of us to be feeling good together, you know, and unified. Yeah. That's why, that's why I do. That's why I make, that's why I make cannabis, you know, cannabis news in particular right now. Uh, the same all the same reasons right honestly you know <laughs> as far in terms of reporters here man uh these reporters are not doing their job up in here y'all they don't talk about cannabis they don't talk about the black experience there and remember that they are in the mecca of cannabis and they don't have you know any stories just from the from my facebook feed there's a constant story in the cannabis arena i find that super interesting considering how reliant the economy up here is on cannabis yeah i think that i think this whole thing points to the fact that there is definitely a huge swath of people who do not want us up here they i'm talking about can the cannabis community they don't like us don't want us up here and and yeah and oh and it also points to the uh uh we in trump country and i mean do i need to say more <laughs> on that we in trump country i mean i think that says it all yeah I mean, we in trump country in motherfucking california say this. 
I just like to say this, driving from New York all the way across the country here, my roley, Andy, shout out to Andrea's crew, Andrea Cruz in Baltimore. Well, we've been looking for Confederate flags, Trump signs, and anything of its liking on the way here from New York. Did not find any of those things until we were arrived in Humboldt County. Boom. We did take the Mid Nation route. Now remember, y'all, I am I'm a Texas native and I, I've had to scrape and crawl, right? Out of a hole in Texas. Okay. This I'm here to tell you, this place up here is the most racist. I mean, let me say it correctly. It's the most surreptitiously racist place I have ever been. Everything's cool on the surface. As soon as we get to start check, as soon as I start checking off the trying to check off the list, it's just like eh, eh, eh. Can't do it. Can't do it. Got complications. Yo, people, people back home don't believe when I say that because I also have I've I'm from SoCal, but I've lived in Florida. And I deem Humboldt County the most racist place I've ever lived. And people yeah. people are just like, California is not racist. And then they're like, Humboldt County is liberal. And you know, yet we have a Trump parade tomorrow. I implore all y'all black folks uh, listening to me or listening to this. Uh, you can hear my voice and you in Humboldt County. I implore you to step into some kind of political position up in here, uh, preferably not law enforcement. Man, it's crazy because we're slow. We're, you know, we, we've got a few people stepping up. But, I mean, me and the friend were talking and it's like, you know, the folks that at least have the perception of being able to step up into political realms are, um, don't have nearly as much wealth as their white counterparts that they're running against. This it's, you know, our, our upper echelon doesn't seem to match up with other folks, upper echelons. So to have even the time to do that you know, that's one thing that we have to overcome if we want to see more black faces in political spaces. Y'all heard in this interview that I came up the hard way in cannabis, right? Uh, and it takes being obsessed to get here. Uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my life as a brother man, an intellectual brother man, is that uh, the minute I start concerning myself with what these motherfucking white boys doing, excuse my language, mother, uh, but to put it frankly, y'all, uh, the minute I concern, start concerning myself with what these white boys doing, man, or that I ain't got the same that they got or to get the job done, is the minute I done lost. Now, I'm dead serious. I, like, uh, again, like the people in this community who really know me and see me around, man, like when I got here, I had Nathan. I came here with Nathan. I, look, I was whooped out. I, you know, and y'all commented on the, I had a platform. Yeah, that's just all I had. <laughs> I have my gear. You feel me? <laughs> if you live, if you are living within your purpose and truly living it and being authentic, even the Grim Reaper respects that. That's pertinent right now in the in the, the age of the pandemic. If you are living within your purpose, the Grim Reaper will even pass you by. 
I think what you just said kind of just brings back some of that reality and that positivity that a lot of people need to hear. So, you know, I want to thank you for coming, you know, blessing this show with your presence and like bestowing upon us all this knowledge before, you know, before your journey takes you to another place. How do you inform, um, how does your art inform your activism? Like particularly your art? Well, we at this, uh, I'm at the intersection of blackness and cannabis. I think that pretty much, I think for me that pretty much says it all. Uh, I'm gonna tell the, uh, always tell the black story here in relation to cannabis. Uh, I don't necessarily look at myself as an activist, uh, although uh, what I do, I guess, uh, has uh, activist uh, notes. I just simply am here for, <clears throat> I'm just, I just consider it doing my job. You know, I want to thank y'all uh, again for having me. Uh, and Kevin, man, uh, I want to, I want to commend you, brother, for doing your thing here as a creative, a black creative up in the place. Uh, here in Humboldt County uh, and all of y'all like I want to I just want to give y'all I can't give y'all enough propers when I say this that you know y'all are consider yourselves the glue when they talk about people coming here to uh, lay down roots here in Humboldt County or black people laying down roots we wouldn't be able to do it without y'all or some kind of community or else we'd be in we'd be stuck in the house like in our yard like me Man, thank you so much, yo. Uh, that means a lot, and that's a lot of that's a lot of why we're doing it because we just it just didn't exist. Man, me and you, one hundred, bro. You got you got my support all day. Uh, hopefully, we got some collaborations coming up in the future. All right, cool, cool. Word. Thank you so, so uh, much. Thank you so much for coming on, Brent. Um, it's a pleasure to know that there's another um, digital content creator maker in Humboldt County um, outside of just being invisible in that industry anyway. Um, so thank you so much um, for bringing your blackness here on Black Aesthetic. Hey, players, players, man. Thank y'all for having me, man. Thanks for making me feel extra player and like, you know, even more legitimized than what I do. You feel me? Like, hey, and, uh, it's seriously, seriously, like y'all take, take everybody listening to me uh, right now. Like take take this in the most heartfelt manner possible. I love all y'all, man. Stay safe out there. Yes, Brent. We love you too, man. We love holding down space for you and you know all of our creators out here in Humboldt. It's the Green Scene TV at the Green Scene TV on Instagram. Players and yeah, all you players out there getting stoned, stoners and friends. Thanks for having me, player. Thanks, y'all, for listening to The Black Aesthetic. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tune in every Wednesday. Follow us on all socials at Black Humboldt and check out our website at www.blackhumboldt.com. If you want to send some love and feedback, email us at blackhumboldt at gmail.com. And make sure to use the hashtag Black Humboldt Aesthetic. 
B-L-A-C-K-H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C on social media. Until next time, continue to walk in your black excellence. Let's